0: Good morning. It's certainly good to see all of you here with us this morning. Uh, I have a very special and unique privilege this morning of introducing um, a guest speaker today. This is First Refusion City Church. I'm really, really excited about it. I just had the opportunity. This is Philip Watkins. I met Philip uh, Friday night at our bonfire. If you would have been at the bonfire, you would have met him too, and you would know how awesome he is. I've just I got I was, I was just uh, just a couple of hours fighting at the bonfire to hear his heart uh, about the things that he's doing in his ministry up in Virginia Beach. Uh, uh, Philip is the pastor of Coastal Community Church, right? I want to make sure I got that right. Coastal Community Church up in Virginia Beach and um Actually, really, really good friends with Jonah, uh, our worship pastor. You guys know Jonah. Uh, Jonah and Philip uh, planted a church together back when they were in college, and Jonah's all the time telling stories about the great things that happened um, through, through that church. And so I was really excited to meet Philip, and then found out he was going to be in town this weekend. And Jonah said, hey, man, you, you want to let him preach? Absolutely I want to let him preach. Now, I love to preach. Love it like they're like top of the list things i love to do second on the thing of, of of things that i love to do is hear other good preachers preach um because it just refreshes and renews me so i'm excited uh to hear from philip today i think that you're going to be excited to hear from philip today also if you're not you should be um to get your heart in check we're ready I'll just we'll pray that the guy will open and and, and this mic is driving me nuts um so I'm going to stop talking because my mic isn't working, uh, and I'm going to let him do all the talking because that's why he's here. So would you guys just help me give it up, make some loud noise as we welcome Philip Watkins. Thanks Pleasure. Having you. Yeah, man.
1: All right. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. Great. Hey, I had an awesome time this weekend hanging out. Uh, good bo- bonfire, good barbecue. Uh, You gotta love barbecue, right? So you guys had free barbecue, so I was like, Jonah, Friday night plans, man, let's go eat some barbecue. So it was a lot of fun hanging out with you guys, got to meet some of you. I don't remember any names, so uh, just I apologize on, uh, on the front end for that. But uh, like Brian said, man, it's a privilege to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, I'm excited about what Fusion City's doing right now. Uh, I got a chance to to meet you all three, of your pastors, and a lot of your volunteers this morning, and man, I'm just excited. This is a lot of fun that you guys are having here. And um, so let me tell you a little bit myself and kind of where I'm coming from this morning, and then we're going to jump into the series almost, and we're going to wrap it up this week. With loving God with all of our strengths. But before I do that, uh, like Brian said, I'm a pastor in Virginia Beach, been there for almost uh, two and a half, three years. My beautiful wife is here somewhere in the front. Uh, she's a beautiful redhead, so you won't miss her. But uh, she keeps me straight. Uh, right now, the only uh, kid we have is a little Black Lab German Shepherd puppy, so that's pretty cool. But uh, anyway, we're just happy to be here this weekend. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with Joan and Karis. Uh, They are some of our good friends, and I'm glad that Brian introduced me and not Karis, because she would have said lots of bad things about me, um, because she knows the real me, so... But no, Jonah and Karis are good friends. We love them, and they are amazing people. We're just glad you guys are here. Hopefully, you guys got a chance to know them really well as well. So with that being said, uh, let me just jump into our series this morning. Uh, Like Brian uh, Brian said, we're jumping into almost. This is the last week, so love God with all of our strength. Um, Let me just pause for a minute, though, before we even jump in. Let me just commend you guys. I think it's really exciting Uh, and commendable for the fact that you guys have chosen to do practical steps along the way um, to really apply this sermon series. I think one of the things that we do terrible in the church, the big C church, the American church specifically, is we do a terrible job of learning something, hearing a great sermon or a podcast or reading a great book. We do a terrible job then of applying that into our life. We always want the next cool information, the, the knowledge but we do a terrible job of applying that into our life. And so when you guys have taken practical steps and applied it into your life this past few weeks, in the series, that just makes my heart so happy. Uh, that is the gospel, living out in your life as a Christ follower and helping you become more like Jesus and less like yourself, right? That's the ultimate goal. So before we get started this morning and read in the Mark passage where we've been reading, I just want to uh, start this morning by reading this passage from 1 John. So all four of these uh, these weeks have been about loving God with a part of who we are, Right? But I think one of the things that's really important for us is to understand first, how does God define love, right? And there's this great letter that John writes, 1 John is what we call it in the Bible, and it's full of love. It's, it talks about God being love, God is love, how we love each other. And then there's this verse here in John, 1 John 5, verse 3. This is out of the New Living Translation, and this is what it says. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Loving God means keeping his commandments, all right? And so one of the things as we look at what does the Bible mean when it says, love God with all, dot, dot, dot. What is that love that we're talking about? Well, that love is action-oriented, right? John Mayer has a song talking about love being a verb. Maybe if you're old school uh, Christian music, you like DC Talk, right, way back in the day. Anybody? All right, that's all right. So uh, but they had a song called Love is a Verb. All right, that shows my age a little bit there. Youth group, woo So, Anyway, all that to say that love is definitely a verb, it's an action statement, but here we, we apply God's love, not with a mushy feeling, although that, there's definitely affection that can happen in our walk with Christ as we appreciate all that he's done for us. But our love is shown to God by our obedience to him, how we keep his commands. Now, oftentimes for us as Christians, especially in the 21st century, we associate our love with Christ and obedience in a different way than what we just read. We kind of flip it, that we say, if God, in order for God to love us, we have to obey him. When in reality, this verse is different. We obey God by loving him, it's on our part, not on God's part. His, his love is unconditional, right? And, and I do think that there's a lot of, of strong ties between God the Father, the parental side, and our obedience. Those of you who are parents in the room, you understand what, what that means. That Not that you love your kids any more or less, but when they're walking in obedience with you, man, you just want to lavish them with love and, and, and appreciation for how they're obeying you. And the same thing is true with God. So this kind of love is what we're talking about when we read things like love God with all of your heart. Right? All your mind, all your soul, and now this morning, all of your strength. So that's kind of how I want to start this morning. Let's read the verse that we've been working from, Mark 12, verse 30. And this is what it says. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Right? This is Jesus talking in the Gospel of Mark. And, and this is one of those verses, and I'm so glad you guys are tackling this great command because it's one of those verses that for many of us, if you've grown up in the church or been around Christianity for any length of time, this verse becomes numb after a while. Right? You might have even been able to quote it before you were even a Christian. It's a pretty popular verse. It's not quite up there with John 3.16, but it, it's found in a lot of places. And the verse right after that is love your neighbor as yourself, another popular one. And my hope this morning is that as we talk about all versus most, right, that's what the whole series has been about, that you get to kind of take some sandpaper and rub the calluses off your heart this morning, and that God would help you continue to walk in this process that you've been on the past month of moving from loving God with most of who you are and loving God with all of who you are. That's the ultimate goal, right? And so that's where we're going. So let's look at this, this passage specifically about loving God with all of our strength. So, so what does that mean, loving God with all of our strength? Well, it, it could mean loving God with our, our muscles, our willpower, our physical bodies. I think all those things are true. But how I want us to operate this morning as we look at how we love God with all of our strength is we love God with all of our strength when we're serving him and serving others. And so here's the working definition that I want us to use this morning. And it's service is meeting the needs of others with our gifts, our talents, and our time. All right, this is how we love God with all of our strength, is when we're serving others with our gifts, our talents, and our time. And so one of the things that we have to understand is as we go and serve, This is a huge piece of how God has has designed each of us as his people. And so let's look at a verse specifically talking about what it means to serve. It's Ephesians 2, verse 10. This is what it says. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Man, one of the the questions that we wrestle with and, and maybe... Maybe you don't, but I definitely wrestle with it all the time. It's how can God use me, right? Here's this infinite God that has created the entire universe. And he wants me to hand out programs on Sunday. He wants me to, to, to do hold a baby, you know, in the nursery. Why does God need me, right? Or look at that guy. He does it way better than I do, right? And I think we oftentimes... We allow the enemy to get in our heads a little bit and we start to convince ourselves that, that, man, God's doing just fine. He was around before I got here. I'm just gonna kinda coast and kinda do what I wanna do in and out. But I think this verse addresses three really important truths. And, And these aren't the three points of the message, they're just three important takeaways that I want us to look at. And the first is about we being God's masterpiece. Man, I love that word, that imagery of a masterpiece. And I think part of it is understanding that we as the body of Christ, when we come together as Christ followers and we are, we are serving each other and serving those around us, man, it is one of the most beautiful things the world can ever see. When we're walking in service and, and helping others, both inside of our community and outside of our community, it is beautiful, we are in the process right now at the church in Virginia Beach doing a series on mosaic. And I love that visual as well and talking about a bunch of broken glass coming together, forming something beautiful. And that's how you and I are. We're broken people, but we come together as a body of Christ. Man, God is made famous with his, with his body, with his bride. So the first thing is that we serve together, we serve corporately as a body of believers. That leads us to becoming God's masterpiece. The second thing we see in that verse about, about us being made anew in Christ Jesus is that when we are made anew, it's similar to the, the verse in 2 Corinthians 5.17 where Paul talks about you and I being new creation, that the old nature has gone and the new has come. And man, let me just tell you, there's nothing better than baptisms. So how many of you guys are going to baptisms tonight? Going to the baptism? Yeah? It's gonna be awesome. That is literally one of the most beautiful things in the church when we celebrate the old nature being gone and the new coming alive. And the same thing is here. So God has designed and wired each of us, right? And you look the same, unless you've got a new haircut, right? But you look the same as when you were not following Christ and when you follow Christ on the outside. But man, God has something magical on the inside of us, supernatural, and it changes who we are. And so, God built you from the moment you were born with gifts and talents, and He's wired you a certain way to give back. And so, I I firmly believe that when this verse talks about you being made anew, it's not that all of a sudden there's a new download where I couldn't play guitar before I was a Christian, but man, I'm the best ever right now. It doesn't work that way, but God's wired you a certain way to now, as a believer, to use those gifts for a reason within God's community, within God's kingdom and his plans and purposes. So this is what what Ephesians and Paul is talking about with us being made anew in Christ Jesus. And then, man, I get really excited about this last part. The last part in this verse says that, that this has been part of the plan from the very beginning, right, a long time ago. That God has created us to do good things from a long time ago. And so this is important that we understand to answer maybe the timeless wrestle that I wrestle with and maybe you wrestle with of how can God use me or or what what does God really want from me? I can't offer anything. And this verse says that from the beginning of, of your conception, you have been part of God's plan to serve in community, to serve others. And you love God with all of your strength when you're operating in this way. So you love God with all of your strength when you're serving in a community as part of God's masterpiece. You love God with all of your strength when you tap into how God has has designed you as a person, the gifts and the talents he's given you. And you love God with all of your strength when you are working at the things that he's created you to do long before you ever thought it was possible or long before you ever became a Christ follower. This is exciting stuff and this is how we love God with all of our strength as we look at how we serve, right? So let's keep going. There are three major roadblocks that I feel like prevent us from loving God with all of our strength. Or maybe a better way of saying is, I think there are three things that we do when we love God with most of our strength of our strength instead of with all of our strength so there are three kind of tough questions I want you to wrestle with. And if you're taking notes or whatever, these are kind of your three points of the message. Three things I want you to go home and I really want you to, to wrestle through. Um, whether you're here as a, as a middle schooler or a high schooler, I want you to wrestle through with your parents. If you're, if you're here and you're married, I want you to wrestle through with your spouse. If you're single, talk to a friend. Find someone around you and wrestle through this. Provide some level of accountability to wrestle through these questions. But, but these three questions are are really the three roadblocks that happen as we look to follow and love God with all of our strength. The first, as we've been talking about this, is how are you wired? This is my first question. How are you wired? You see, all throughout the New Testament, Paul and many other authors, they have several different lists for spiritual gifts in the Bible. And these different spiritual gift lists are, are meant to help us understand that God has wired each of us differently. But when we come together, We're God's masterpiece. All right, we'll work on that, all right? Make sure you guys, so when we all come together, we're God's, yeah, you guys are awesome. All right, here we go. So as we come together, when we operate in these spiritual gifts, man, again, God does something amazing. But but it's really important you understand how you're wired, Right? If you're just serving in a ministry or serving in some capacity, and it's not how God's wired you, I mean, it can be one of the most frustrating and exhausting things you'll do. And you'll get burnt out. There's some chuckling, awkward chuckling going on right now. Maybe that's you, but, but you need to know how God's wired you so then you can serve and walk in that. At the Church Coastal in Virginia Beach, we've been a set-up, tear-down church meeting in middle schools and high schools for 15 years. All right. And so I'm very familiar with what we call the ministry of need and versus the ministry of want. We need people here to set up in the mornings at our church. We need people helping to hold babies. We need all these things happening. And I was here early this morning with Joan and the team, and I, I'm excited that there are so many of you that are helping the ministry of need, right? This room doesn't exist without people getting here at 7, 7.30 in the morning and helping to set it up. The, the room is prayed over, it's cared for, and it's set up. Why? So that people will find Jesus today, right? That's the hope. But, but there, that, no one has the, the spiritual gift of set up and tear down. Like, I've never heard of that one before. It's not in the list, but it's absolutely needed. And so I, if you don't know how you're wired, you may be serving in a ministry that the church absolutely needs you to serve in but you need to know how you're wired so that you can serve in these other areas to, to fuel you, to, to put things back in you spiritually. So when, you're, when your output is setting up pipe and drape, you are also equally being poured into. Does that make sense? So God's wired you a certain way, and it's important you know how you do that. Let's read one of the verses here from the list. This is 1 Corinthians twelve four through 7. Paul's talking, and this is what he says. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but serve but the, sorry, but the same spirit in the source is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. All right? So these spiritual gifts are given to us, right? There's a common goal in place. So it's important we understand how we're wired. And there's all kinds of things like spiritual gift tests or personality tests, Myers-Briggs, this, that, the other, that help you know how you're wired. But man, nobody knows me better than my wife. So if I were, if I were you, I'd go home and I would ask, hey, Brooke, uh, how do you think God's wired me? And, um, and I think it'd be good for us to talk through that because she probably knows me better than I know myself. And so my challenge to you this morning is, is if you're feeling exhausted, right? Not because you stayed up late hoping that UNC would lose, right? But but other reasons. Uh, Jonah paid me to say that as a Duke fan. I don't know what, what that means. I'm from Virginia. It doesn't mean anything. But, but you need to know how you're wired, right? So if you're exhausted, if you're burnt out right now, you need to know that, that your exhaustion may be because you are serving in the wrong places. And let me be really honest with you. It's not the pastor's job or the ministry leader's job to know how you're wired, that's on you. And so you need to know how you're wired. If you're exhausted, it's not, it's not Brian's fault, it's not Quinn's fault, it's not Jonah's fault, it's not whoever's fault. You need to know how you're wired so they can help partner with you to change the world, right? To change Canapolis—that That is part of what we're looking to do here. And we can't do that if we don't know how God's wired us. So man, take some tests, talk to some friends and family, figure out how God's wired you to serve. So my, my accountability question, my challenge question to you this morning is really simple. Are you serving in the place that God has wired you to serve? So if you're taking notes, write that one down. Are you serving in the place where God has wired you to serve? All right, so here's my next question for you. This one might hit you guys a little bit harder. Uh, where's your focus? Where is your focus? Second question this morning and topic the roadblock. And th- this is one of those conversations that I want to be really careful about because. Maybe you've grown up in the church, or maybe you've just heard of church, or your, your grandparents with the church, but all of us walk into church, big C church, any church, with the stigma of how things are meant to be done, right? Brian hears it every week. Jonah hears it every week. Quinn, whoever they hear every week, your opinions on how the church should be run, right? And that, that happens for sure. But the, but the important thing is, is that we understand where is God's focus in this. So how can we love God with all of our strength as we serve it's important we know where our focus is. Recently, uh, there was a Christianity today, if you're familiar, it's a Christian magazine and they have a website and stuff. Great stuff happening there. They had a survey, they did a research project with over a thousand people from different churches, different denominations. And they came back with uh, with some astounding research. And and the question they one of the questions that they they asked these over a thousand people was why. Does the church exist? Right? Pretty simple question. Why does the church exist? And what blew my mind when I saw the results and honestly broke my heart was that over 90% of the people that answered this question, over 90%, their answer was the church exists to serve myself and my family. The church exists to serve myself. And my family. And folks, let me just be really honest with you this morning. That is a lie. The church does not exist to serve you and to serve your family. And if you've thought that about church, I apologize. That's on me as a pastor that we have not done a good job of helping our congregations know that that's not why the church exists. Can I tell you why the church exists? The church exists for the world to find Jesus. The church exists for people to meet Jesus for the first time and for their lives to be forever changed. That's why the church exists. And the moment we begin to switch and have this 180 of it being about all about me, about my family, my wants, my needs, and we make it about the loss. Man, this world would change in a heartbeat and God would do something incredible and it would start in Canapolis, and it would, man, it would take over all kinds of cities if we lived this way. The church does not exist for you and for your family. Now, that doesn't mean that the church should not be feeding you spiritually and should not be offering great, amazing kids ministries for your kids to learn about, about who God is and, and the major characters of the Bible, the truths found in scripture, the promises of the Bible. These are all very true things, but you see what happens when we get focused on the the church being for me and my family is we begin to leave here and we have questions, we ask ourselves questions very similar than when we walk out of a movie, right? That was pretty good. What do you think? I don't know. That's pretty good. I like this part. I didn't like that part. It was okay this week, you know? We do the same thing when we consume and walk out of a movie theater as when we leave church on Sunday mornings because we think it was there to serve us. The church defined is a body of believers. The church is you and I. The church is for the world, right? That is important that we understand that. And so as that relates to how we serve, is if you're coming here on Sunday mornings, if you're a part of the Connect Group, wherever your connection is to Fusion City, and your focus is on yourself, and not on our definition of serving, which is to help others with our time, our resources, our talents. If you if we've gotten that confused and your focus is in the wrong place, man, let me ask you a really, really tough question. Are you ready to become more like Jesus this morning? Are you ready to become more like Jesus? And, and I think it's important we understand, uh, I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 11, it's not up on the screen or in your notes, but this is what it says, that you need to follow the example. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. It's Paul talking. That the ultimate goal is that we would imitate or follow the example to become like Jesus. And so let's look at what Jesus says here in Mark ten forty-five. This is, again, this is Jesus talking, and he says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Folks, this morning, whether you're serving in a ministry every now and then or you're not serving at all, but if you feel like this morning, man, that, that convicts me. That, that pricks me a little bit, Philip. That's a little mean that you'd say that. It's not about me, but uh, I needed to hear that. Man, let me just be really honest with you. You have an opportunity to become like Jesus, to serve others. You're here as a part of this community, not to be served, but to serve And that's exciting. It's not a defeating thing. It's an exciting thing. Because the most important life change happens when the world begins to look more like Christ and less like it did, right? That's the goal. And so, for some of you this morning, you need to stop sitting on the sidelines and you need to get in the game, you need to start serving. I love what what you guys do here at Fusion City with serving on an every-other-week rotation. That's so important because we talked about knowing how you're wired. And the very third question we're going to talk about in just one second talks about you need to know how you have healthy balance in your life. And so, man, this every-other-week rhythm that you have serving in the different ministries is vital, right? It's important. So when you start serving for the very first time, know that we care as pastors, about your well being. It's not about you serving so that we can get the most out of you. It's so that you can become more like Jesus as you live a healthy balance of rest and work in your life. So, my third, my second question to you this morning is where are you going to start serving? Where can you start serving? Or maybe we ask the question, when can you start serving? And the answer is now you guys are awesome. I didn't even give you that one. That was awesome. You can start serving now, all right? So let's look at the third roadblock, this third question I want you to, to be challenged with this morning. And it's really simple, and it's, are you healthy? Or how healthy are you? How healthy are you? You see, God cares a lot about your health. And I mean that in all capacities of the word. God cares about how healthy you are, your physical bodies, how you exercise, how you eat. Your temples are a body, or your, your bodies are a temple, the Bible talks about. And so how, how you take care of yourself is really important to God. I remember in college, I had a, a, a guy on my dorm. I went to Liberty, and, uh, and so we would get into all kinds of discussions. And, and one guy was convinced that it doesn't matter what he does to his earthly body, because it doesn't matter. God's going to give him this amazing, like, six-pack and, like, muscles, and he'll be seven feet tall. Like, that, he was convinced that it doesn't matter what he does on earth, because eternity was going to be way longer than that. And I think we buy into sometimes this lie that it's all going to become better one day, that it doesn't matter what we do right now. Man, that's a lie. God cares absolutely what you do right now with your bodies. And so let me look at a, let me, let's look at an example this morning from John 15. And this is, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches so that you can bear fruit and produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is served from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. It's amazing when we, when we abide in Jesus, what it does, right? And this is why we talked about the, the ebb and the flow that you have here at Fusion City being so important, that you need to, to have moments of serve, but you also need to have moments of rest, right, and to attend and to be nurtured as well. And this principle, it was, was so key to the disciples and for those listening to this passage, we don't have time to get into the idea of Sabbath and rest, but man, it's so vital. It could be a whole sermon on that. But you need to understand, we as Christians, man, I'm so guilty of this. This is about, this is, Philip needs to hear this as much as you guys do. That rest is so important that we have a a healthy balance in our life. Guys, we can't love God with all of our strength if we don't know how to work and rest in our life. Jonah apparently stole my thunder a few weeks ago if you were here in a volunteer service, but I'm going to run with it anyway. He got it from me. But there's this idea. How many of you guys have ever been on a plane before? Yeah? Most of you. Awesome. So the basic idea, right, you get on a plane, you, you go ahead and file in, and then the steward or the stewardess comes up and says, Hey, everyone, welcome to fill in the blank. And they begin to walk through the basic routine of your seatbelt, how it works, your seat being a flotation device. Device, that's hilarious, right? Uh, where the exits are. And then they get to this really peculiar part talking about the oxygen masks. And the steward of the stewardess will get up and they'll say, in the case of an emergency, if the cabin were to lose oxygen and these oxygen masks, if they drop, make sure you securely fasten yours on first before you help those around you. And man, how. Accurate is that for our lives. We have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. We have to abide in the vine. And man, if, sometimes we think that's selfish that we take care of ourselves, but let me, let me be really honest with you this morning. You cannot love God with all of your strength if you're not hooked up to God. You cannot love God with all of your strength if you're not connected to the vine. And everyone wants to be the hero on the plane to help everybody else, but you're no good if you're passed out, right? And so you've gotta stay connected and hooked up. Your spiritual health, your rest, your physical bodies, all this is a part of it. And so if if you're exhausted and burnt out this morning, maybe not because of how God's wired you and you're serving the wrong place, but it may be because if I were a a fly on your shoulder, all I would see is go, go, go. And you're giving God a lot of good, but you're not giving God all. You're not giving God your best. So my last question to you this morning is, are you healthy and honoring God with your bodies and the rhythm of life, right? Are you honoring God with your bodies and your rhythm of life? How are you doing in that world? All right, before we wrap up this morning, let me go ahead and read. I want to read the entire passage that we've been working from with Mark twelve thirty. And I think this is so important that as we wrap up this series and we talk about loving God with all parts of who we are, we understand the entirety of what Jesus was saying. So this is what it is, Mark 12, 28 through 31. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there, listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You see, folks, you can't separate these two commandments. It starts with understanding that there is no God like our God. It starts with us understanding that as we love God with all parts of who we are, we then understand how we love each other as our neighbors. See, the two are connected. And we can't love our spouse, our friend at school, our friend at work, our neighbors. We can't love anyone until we understand, first and foremost, how we love God with all parts of who we are. So this morning, if there's one final takeaway to leave us out of the series as we head into Easter and all the amazing things that's gonna happen here at Fusion City, here is my challenge and my promise to you this morning. That we love others best when we love God with all of who we are. That we love others best when we love God with all of who we are. And if you're not loving God with all of who you are this morning, it's no wonder you're having a hard time loving your friend, loving your spouse. The two great commandments are connected. And if you're gonna love God with all of who you are and all of your strength this morning, It's going to radically change how you love the world around you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunity, God, you've given me to be here at Fusion City. God, it's exciting to see what they're doing as a church. God, and I'm I'm thankful, God, that you've given them an opportunity to love God, to love you with all of who they are. And God, I pray it wouldn't end today as the series ends, but that it would be a springboard, a launching pad for them as they go and live out the mission of Fusion City. God, that they they would begin to serve and they would have their focus set on you, that they would live healthy lives as Christ followers so that they can love you with all their strength. God, I pray for my life, God, that you would help me to do that. God, most of all, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to give us an example, to show us how it is you want us to live our lives. We're reminded this morning that it starts with loving you with all of who we are, and not just most. We pray this in the mighty, saving name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen.